Good morning, Hillcrest family, brothers and sisters. Yeah, the goodness of God, right? So we anchor our life, bank our life in that, and uh, put our eternal hope in that. And so, uh, celebration of life for Bev Anderson. You can see that in your bulletin coming up. Uh, no more tears, no more pain, right? Uh, rejoicing with her Savior face to face. And, and a few other things coming up uh, next week. Three things, in fact. Uh, VBS starts next Monday, not tomorrow, but the following. And so thankful for the response of time, treasure, talent of, of, uh, of those donation items, uh, as well as the volunteers that have signed up. What a great way to be a part of uh, just investing in the kids in this community. And then uh, next Sunday as well is Father's Day. And so either uh, for us, come early in second service. For first service, stay late. And uh, we'll get to celebrate our, our dads and our men with some uh, root beer floats just in between services this coming Sunday. And then those baby bottles, if you had picked one up, uh, just as a way we get to partner with CareNet and uh, this pro-life to, to foster life uh, beyond the womb, uh, CareNet gets to be a part of that process. So turn in your baby bottles next Sunday. Uh, and we are starting a, uh, a summer series today called The Kingdom of God is Like. And, and I'm so excited for where we're headed uh, from September to May, we usually look at a particular book in the Bible, and, and we try and work through it. Uh, biblical theology, we take one book. Uh, we went through Ephesians. We went through Peter. This past year, we went through James, and we just finished up James. And, and we try and hear from God through his word week in, week out. We gather on Sundays because we believe uh, our Lord and Savior rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. And so we continue to gather week in, week out. So September to May, we, we dig into the text. Over the summer, we do something slightly different where we, we look more systematically. We look at a theological idea or, or 30,000-foot idea within the text. And so this summer, we're looking at the kingdom of God, maybe a familiar phrase. Um, and, and I think we all have kingdoms of some sort that we exercise reign over. Uh, for those of you that maybe love a boat, I've, I've known you guys, right? You guys love your boat. You are so meticulous. Every seat, I mean, don't get those water spots on there. You guys are buffing those things out. All the leather, don't get a tear in the leather. You guys are exercising your reign over a boat or some, maybe your golf bag. You have certain covers and there's a rhythm to how you organize and where the tees go. You're exercising your reign over a golf bag. For me, it, it's my home office. And so I have to have my coffee just right on the table next to me. Books have to be aligned just so. If the kids come in and make a mess, I got to clear all that out. There's a certain way that my reign is being exercised over our home office. And so this morning, we are beginning a summer exploring the kingdom of God. What is it? And I love this quote from a guy named George Ladd. In his opening pages of the book, here's what he says about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is his kingship, his rule, his authority. When this once realized, when this is once realized, we can go through the New Testament and find passage after passage where this meaning is evident, where the kingdom is not a realm or a people, but ultimately about God's reign. Jesus said that we must receive the kingdom of God as little children. What is being received? The church? Is it, is it 
a, a group of a building that we gather, the church, heaven, what is received is God's rule. In order to enter the future realm of the kingdom, one must submit himself in perfect trust to God's rule here and now. You often hear us talk about, does Jesus sit on the throne of your hearts? In order to enter the future realm of the kingdom, one must submit himself in perfect trust to God's rule here and now. We must also seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So what becomes the object of our quest? Is it this visible church that we see? Is it heaven? Is it some distant place that we get everything we've ever maybe wanted in this life, our false picture of heaven? No, instead, we are seeking God's righteousness, his sway, his rule, his reign in our lives. And so we believe 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead, inaugurating this kingdom, bringing this kingdom through a cross and, and ushering in his reign. But we look around our world and, and you might argue, now I don't see much of God's movement at all. I mean, did God, was God sleeping two years ago? Did God just put a pause and just kind of let things happen? Is God reigning and ruling now? And so what appears to be true, we are not naive as if the kingdom is fully here and yet simultaneously are not hopeless as if the kingdom has not already begun. That we are not so naive to believe everything is as it should be with King Jesus on the throne, and yet we are not hopeless as if God is not actively on the move, changing hearts. The way we talk about that, it's already not yet. That through Jesus rising from the dead, a historical fact that a guy walked among us and rose from the dead, it is already his reign has begun and yet not fully experienced the way he promises in this next age to come. And so we're going to look at the kingdom of God over this summer. What is it at its essence? The kingdom of God is about a king forming a people to live under his reign. The kingdom of God is about a king, King Jesus, forming a people, calling people out of darkness into his marvelous light to live under his glorious reign. And so we're going to look at that through the eyes of Mark. We're going to look at a few parables over the course of the summer as Jesus tells us these heavenly stories through these earthly stories. A parable being an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus, we're going to explore the kingdom of God through Jesus' words. And here's how Gordon Fee talks about it. He says, parables are intended to address and capture the hearers, to bring them up short about their own actions or to cause them to respond in some way to Jesus and his ministry. That we're going to look at these parables that Jesus talks about, these earthly stories with a heavenly meaning about what this kingdom really is, because it's so abstract. Jesus uses that word relentlessly. We don't hear kingdom of God in the epistles, in Paul's writings. Why? Because now we understood Jesus rose from the dead. They began saying other words to capture the same ideas. But Jesus is going to tell us about the kingdom through these parables. And here is where we are starting in Mark 4. Jesus says this, and he said to them, The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows 
he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain of the year. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And so we're going to start here about Jesus giving us a window into the kingdom. And I think there's three ideas in this flow. One singular idea developed in a few ways. Here's the one idea. Jesus is telling us that we share in and participate in this beautiful, glorious process of who transforming lives? God. God is at work. God is transforming lives one life at a time. And we get to share in and participate. We're starting here because we get a window into our role and God's role in this particular parable. And Jesus gives three ideas in there is the fact that we get to sow seeds. But this spiritual growth thing is an absolute mystery. But behind that spiritual growth it is God. God is giving the growth. So pray with me as we jump in uh, to exploring the kingdom of God. Oh, God, you are so good. Thank you for who you are, what you are doing. You are, we are convinced, reigning as we speak. Help us get more glimpses of your work and help us see more fully the essential role that you are calling us to play in this journey of faith. Thank you, Jesus, always for your glory, we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you open up, here is where Jesus begins in this particular parable. We sow seeds. So open up Mark 4. And you can look on the screen or you can open this thing called the Bible. It is your choice. Either one is fine with me. And he said to them, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So who's that man? And this is where you can participate from time to time. I understand. Maybe it feels a little intimidating. Be brave. Who's the man? And, and if it's a wrong answer, we'll just, we'll just keep fighting for clarity. The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Who's the man? Us. Us. Ah, that farmer, as a man should scatter seed on the ground, he's saying us. Those disciples and the seed being the gospel. It's as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. I think this is a profound reality. That we get to sow seeds of the gospel in our Monday to Saturday. As we go. As life happens. I was talking to somebody recently from a, from a church called Community of Life. And I love the way Pastor Eric, the guy who was part of Community of Life, phrased it. As life happens, it's as if a man should scatter seeds on the ground as he goes through his Monday to Saturday. Because it feels like sometimes we feel like it has to be the certain formula. That if I don't do this evangelistic method just right, God isn't going to work. That I have to say certain magic words at a certain way at a certain time. And I have to seal the deal. And if I don't do it, instead, what does Jesus say about the kingdom? It's as if a man scatters seeds on the ground. He sows. There is a freedom and a relaxed nature of just sharing the gospel in our Monday to Saturday as life happens. Around the dinner table with our kids, after work at different happy hours, in the context of asking questions, sharing life, as life happens, we sow seeds of the gospel. And then, 
There's this weird space we live in. That we live in this empire, this world, and simultaneously are part of a kingdom beyond this life. That we live in this unique space of being present here, and yet this is not ultimately our home. Peter talked about us as exiles traveling through. So when we sow seeds, here I think is what Jesus is inviting us into. We help people see God and his kingdom by how we live where? In their kingdom. In their empire. That we actually help people see God in the way we live as life happens in their empire. And it's not often in a fight against the licentious things of life. You guys have heard me say it often feels like the fight is more against apple pie and Netflix. That I get so consumed with the lesser things in this life. One of our values around here, do not settle for lesser joys because there is more joy in Jesus than anything else this life has to offer. And so we get to sow seeds. But I don't know if you're anything like me. Sometimes it gets discouraged that it's not, it's not happening nearly as quick as I would like. And yet, the joy, the relaxed nature, we get to sow seeds of the gospel. And when I get discouraged, there's a little voice inside me that comes to my mind. And this shows that maybe I watch way too many Disney movies. You guys know who this is? This is Dory from Finding Nemo. And so when I, when I get to those points, because I don't know if you've been in conversations with people, and it just doesn't seem to be going nearly as quick as I'd like. Where, where it seems those same manifestations of brokenness come up over and over. And yet, what does Dory say? Just keep sewing, just keep sewing, just keep sewing. Believing that is the essential role we get to play. It's as if a man, the kingdom of heaven, as if a man scattered seeds on the ground. He was just sowing. And so we pray, we watch, and we believe as life happens, we step into gospel opportunities all the time. So we sow. But then what happens? If we sow seeds, I mean, there's got to be something we do, right? Jesus says the kingdom of God is when man sows seeds, and then there is this mysterious spiritual growth. A miraculous thing takes place. Here's what he says. And I love this farmer because here's the essence of the parable. Watch what happens. And he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seeds on the ground. And then what happens? He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. And what? He knows not how. So what's unique about this farmer? You guys see it there? What is unique? Because I absolutely love this farmer. This is the kind of farmer that I look up to. What's unique about this farmer? You're doing probably exactly what that farmer is doing right now. What does he do? Say it again, Jane. Nothing. This is the kind of farmer I love. What does he do? He sleeps. He sleeps and he rises. And then what happens? Seeds grow. How? He doesn't know. It's a mystery. I mean, we understand. I mean, Midwest farmers, farmers and Midwest farmers, these are some of the hardest working people you know, right? 
They are out there all the time, tending to their fields, working night and day to the bone. One of Casey's relatives is a rice farmer out in Chico, right? Lumberg Farms. I mean, that dude, I traveled with him just a day in the life. I was exhausted and I didn't do anything. You guys work hard. And what does he say? Here's the, here's the fascinating thing about this kingdom of God. How's the growth happen? Independent from the farmer. I mean, imagine being a disciple and hearing Jesus start to talk about how the kingdom grows and it happens mysteriously in secret by itself. The farmer does not know. I mean, this is the kind of farmer we love, right? Look at this guy. Because the farmer isn't building the kingdom. Let me read this quote to you about the kingdom. Because the kingdom can draw near to people it can come, arrive, and appear and be active. God can give the kingdom to people, but they do not give the kingdom to one another. Men and women can enter the kingdom, but they never build it. People can receive the kingdom, inherit the kingdom, possess the kingdom, but they never establish it. They can reject the kingdom, refuse to enter, but they cannot destroy it. They can look for it, pray for its coming, and seek it, but they cannot actually bring it. People cannot build the kingdom. The farmer sleeps, <laughs> and yet there is growth that is taking place. What's the growth? God is rescuing sinners for his new creation. That God is at work bringing a new heavens and a new earth, and he is rescuing sinners out of that darkness into his marvelous light. So we sow. Believing there is spiritual growth taking place, and it's a mystery. It's an absolute mystery how this miracle of spiritual growth is happening. And God is the one in this kingdom of God Jesus is attributing the growth to. Here's what he says. And he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seeds on the ground. And what? He sleeps. And he rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He not, knows not how, but what? The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. That God is at work producing growth. And when people haven't seen my kids for a long time, what's the usual statement they tell me? What do they say? Getting so big. We're going to go back to California for a couple weeks this summer. I can't imagine how many times I'm going to hear that phrase. <laughs> Your kids are getting so big. Why? Because they haven't seen them in a long time. For us, incremental growth, first the blade, then the ear. I mean, when I'm sitting with my kids, I don't see this growth happening instantaneously. Instead, it's very slow and it's happening. And then the full grain in the ear. But here's my problem. Because Jesus says that about the growth of the kingdom. Here's what I would prefer the kingdom to look like. Can I get a volunteer? Can someone come up here and join me for a second? Don't all volunteer at once here. I know. It's like, don't make eye contact. That's what you're all thinking. Don't make eye contact. Would someone come on up here? Brenda. Brenda was thinking about it. Go for it, Brenda. Come on, Brenda. All right, Laurent, come on up. Don't all jump up at once. So, so this is Laurent. 
his wife Michelle, and your kids are going on one of the mission trips around here soon? So you're doing a garage sale at your house? Fantastic. So if you have some items that you'd like to help our students um, sell in order to go on this mission trip, um, I'm sure Laurent would love to have you drop them off at their house or here. So here's, here's what I often think of the kingdom of God. Feels, feels more like I'd like to be like a balloon. Would you just blow that up for us real quick? And I don't know if I give you a good one here. I believe in you. There you go. Well done. We're all cheering. We're all thinking, I'm glad it's not me. That's what everyone is thinking right now. It's good. Nice. Well done. Could you, what if you did two? Can you do this one too? All right, let's hold that one. There you go. Don't tie it. Don't tie it. Don't tie it. Just, all right. There you go. That was a little harder. A little harder. All right, now, perfect. And now, I mean, how long did that take? Five seconds, 10 seconds for both, maybe 12.5 or something. Could you just now release them for us? Just see how, see if they do anything. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Eric was like, I am not touching that balloon. Said, I saw your eyes. I mean, so what just happened? I mean, that took five, 10 seconds. I mean, I would love if the kingdom of God were that instantaneous. Where just in a second, we could see it grow to a certain size and then be released with impact. That, that's what we're looking for in our culture. And yet, what does Jesus seem to equate the kingdom of God with? So I was with my kids. My daughter is so excited. So we were planting these little carrot seeds. No, not yet. Not yet. Now you got one more job. You got one more job. So my daughter was planting these seeds. But then in this one, it hasn't grown as quickly. So, so Laurent, could you, just, could you just will those seeds to grow? Can you just help? Can you just inspire that? Maybe say some words. What do you got? Can you do anything for us? <laughs> well done. Nice job. Nice job. There's a Give Laurent a hand. What it feels like, at least for me, what I would love the kingdom of God to look like is like a balloon getting blown up and then released. That there's a visible impact that is being seen and it happens quickly. In our culture, we know how success works. We understand how it works. Things are big, things are fast, and we get them now, right? That's just how it works. And yet, Jesus in his parable equates the kingdom growing mysteriously like a seed. First the blade, slowly, over time, and then the ear. And then there comes a time where that blade grows. So we live between these two worlds in an upside-down way. In a world that clamors for success and instantaneous growth that is dominated by the world, the flesh, and the devil. But there's a kingdom growing through the Spirit, Father, and Son. And we understand some of those emotions that are attached to the empire. There's this level of worry and anxiety and fear that start to grip us when things don't go quite our way. When things don't happen in our timing, in our way, there's emotions that begin to bubble up out of our hearts. Instead, kingdom perspective 
we live with this mentality, the earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. We live with a greater perspective of God's kingdom existing already and yet not yet, not fully in the way we long to experience a new heavens and a new earth. But now, because Jesus is the king of our life, it produces an eternal mindset with a greater sense of certainty in our Monday to Saturday as life happens with a freedom and a peace that permeates our lives as life happens. If you remember that illustration of the rope and Francis Chan had that little black end of the rope, in the empire it feels like we live for everything that happens in that short period of life when eternity is on the line. We are consumed by everything. Anything that goes wrong, our, our mind is just fixated on it. Versus with a kingdom mindset, we ask, God, what are you inviting me into today? So, the implications. What, what would it look like for us to live increasingly with this kingdom mindset as we set out for the summer of exploring the kingdom of God? Here's my first hope, that we praise God for his grace revealing himself to us. How'd that growth happen? independent from our abilities. So we praise God for his grace in our life. And then we get to sow seeds. A slide earlier that we skipped real quickly. Sometimes we see the world as obstacles. God, were you sleeping for the past two years? We look around the pain. I'm still feeling the pain of the Texas shooting that just happened recently. And then almost instantaneously, there's a, a myriad of other issues. God, are you sleeping? <laughs> and yet we get to celebrate our essential role of sowing seeds. And then relax. It's not a certain methodology of, of what I need to say. Instead, I get to relax, enjoy sharing Jesus' love, grace, and forgiveness. I was talking to somebody recently, and they said, after a few years of getting to know their neighbors, the neighbor came over till 2 a.m., just talking about spiritual things that their, their spouse was disagreeing on, sitting together in their living room across the table, sowing seeds. You might be in here because you are on someone's pray watch list, not as a project, but because they're hoping that you treasure Jesus above anything else. And they're watching and waiting for those blades of grass to show. And then don't get too discouraged. Don't get too discouraged that things don't seem to move as quickly as we'd like. Don't get discouraged when others don't seem to be drawn to the glorious name of Jesus as quickly as we'd like. But instead, happily keep sowing assured that God is working in and through and beyond us. And then, when you see those blades of, of grass start to come out in someone's life... <laughs> We actually celebrate seeing God's work. And it may not be obvious, but as we're praying, watching, we see it, it is actually spectacular. The almighty, transcendent God showing up in real ways in people's lives. 
that a year later, we're actually more patient. A year later, we're more forgiving. A year later, we're more interested in asking questions about spiritual things. Those are the blades of grass we're looking for. And so this week, what would that look like for you to demonstrate that? I would encourage you, pause in the middle of your day, maybe before you go home for work, during a lunch hour while the kids are sleeping, and write a note, write a thank you note. First to God for his work in your life. Thanking him for his grace and forgiveness that showed up in a profound way. Or if you've yet to treasure Jesus, asking him to reveal himself more fully. Thanking God for his work or asking him to show up. And then second, believing that God actually used someone in your life. I remember in college, my buddy Juan would take me uh, to his home in San Pedro. We'd ride his broken down truck. Uh, sometimes he'd say, hey, take the wheel while he's driving and dinging around doing something else. I'm like, what are we doing here? But Juan relentlessly pursued me. And through Juan's investment, I'll be writing Juan a letter this week just to thank him for his consistent investment in my life as life happened. He didn't say anything magical. He didn't have some critical evangelistic strategy of the right things to do. He just spent time with me. Write a thank you note to the person that God used that was transformative in you seeing and hearing. Someone who sowed seeds and actually had an impact on you coming to faith. Pray with me. Oh God, you are way too good. Thank you for your grace in our lives. Thank you for the, the kindness, the sweetness of your patience in not seeing something good in us that, that, that we were doing instead, apart from anything we did, you, you pursued us. And God, like the balloons, sometimes we sure wish this thing would move a lot faster and yet help us see that you are actively at work drawing people to yourself and that we play an essential role that you are using us in that glorious process. Thank you, Jesus, always for your glory, we pray. Amen.